there's actually a chat on green room. So while I'm talking to two chains, two chains responding back, you guys could actually chime in on the conversation. I'm kind of like parsing through some of those comments to help figure out what to ask him. So you guys are as much a part of the episode as you possibly could be. Okay. So, okay. We, we get some people up in here. All right. Anyway, um, I'll officially introduce the show and introduce my guests. Um, welcome to Off the Record Podcast. We are live with EJ Academics. I am grateful and happy to have one of the people who, you know, if 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 we're gonna describe someone who's had the most interesting route to ultimate success, I think two chains would be one of the candidates. Someone who's just resilient, someone who's just creative, someone who's just, you know. I, I would say now more than just a musician, he's just an entrepreneur, a future mogul, if not now, um, just a boss, man. Um, I'm happy to have two chains here. Two chains, what's good with you, brother? What's up? What's up? How you doing today? Yo, chains. So I'm doing. I'm doing some. And, and you could call me a novice on this. I'm doing some research because I'm like, yo, I'm happy. I'm getting chains on today, right? Yo, you know, you you pretty much have like your career. How long do you do you like span your career? Because doing the math, you have a 25-year career. Being in player circle, y'all released a project back in like 97. Many people might know you after you did the name change, but if we're really talking about and spanning the entire career of two chain slash titty boy. Play a circle. God damn it, man. Like 25 years. I, I always say this. If you last in this industry for five years, you're pretty much, you're really good. I, I treat it like an NFL, uh, like a, a, a running back. 10 years. If you've lasted 10 years and you've been relevant for the majority of that, you're probably a legend. 15, we need to have some generational conversation. 20, that means you've spanned multiple generations. But 25? Like, come on now. Have you ever thought about it like that? No, because, uh, you know, even back on the uh, first compilation that I was put on by some of my, you know, the older homies in the neighborhood, it wasn't a career for me then. It was trial and error. And it was also a situation where it built confidence to lead me in the direction of being an artist. At this particular time, I'm just a dope boy just trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? Just trying to do the trend. It was starting to trend. People were starting to rap. People were starting to use their, um, you know, the money they got from selling dope or whatever and putting it in studio time or whatever. So, you know, even at Player Circle, right? Even, at, even when I did Duffel Bag Boys, with Wayne, which was really my first, I felt like notoriety. And even then people didn't know who I was. I felt like, even then I still felt like I had a lot, uh, a long way to go, bro. And it was, a, you know, this was, Duffel Bad Boys literally came out doing like ringtones and, and shit like that. So I can't say I've been a part of, you know, ringtones, streaming and all of that, but I felt like my career didn't really kick off maybe until maybe, 0708, a little bit after that, you know, but I still feel like I've been in the game at least a dub, just like being familiar, knowing what to do and knowing how to do it. Yeah, but that's the thing I think is, you know, what's lost in like how we see newer artists these days is that we never see the, we never see the years, the formulative years, right? Where they're figuring it out. They're kind of getting into like what is going to eventually be the final form of themselves. And I feel like for you, you know, like, and this is why, like, even the term industry plant exists, right? Because, like, when you see people pop up just random, you're like, how the, how the heck this happened? You know, you could trace back everything when it comes to you. Like, yeah, for some people, they might be like, yeah, the first time we heard about him was Duffelback Boys, right? But then, I'm going to be honest, even back then, the whole conversation was, yo, this dude been doing it. This is just the first time y'all heard about him because the respect among your peers okay. was already there. There's like to be honest because also you know back then many people were like yo how the hell he get you know how you get these people on track yeah no nah. now nah, everything you said is is 
man, it's real, man. I remember, you know, I sold weed, man, and rappers needed weed, man. And a lot of the features that I got early in my career was based off me having gas bags. You know what I'm saying? That's the that's the truth of the matter. I had something that they wanted, and they had something that I needed. And so a lot of my relationships was through, you know, transactions or, or through the trade. So that's how that happened. Um, but yeah, I, I have always, I felt like I've always had respect with my peers as well too, and that I needed to work on connecting the dots with the fans. I felt like the fans didn't really know that I was lyrical. I felt like the fans didn't really know that I had great uh, beat picking skills. Uh, I don't know if they know that I'm really great at doing interviews. I'm great at doing drops. I'm really good at all the facets that come with, I'm a great stage performer, I have great stage presence, I'm creative. So it's just a few things that I feel like the fans didn't know that the peers, my peers, you know, knew a while back. And I think that's where you actually put it together. So from like 2007, that's when like Duffelback Boys came out, right? And from then going all mm -hmm. the way till you drop, you know, True Religion and you pretty much, you know, at that point, you already kind of rebranded yourself. People, people looked at you like a new artist completely. And, and I know you probably have gotten asked this a million times, you know, but, but I'll give you the million and one, like, you know, question about it. Like, you know, what was the thought process behind that rebranding? Clearly, it's it's probably one of the best rebrandings we've ever seen in hip hop. Like, clearly, you know, everyone knows the name change. But what else did you choose to switch up and come different to, you know, connect those dots, as you say, with the fans? You know, when I when I was doing radio or when I would meet new people and tell them that yeah. see see Titty Boy is a is a is a homegrown nickname. It, it means, you know, spoiled brat, only child, you know, somebody like me and my mother, we have a great relationship. To this day, she's my best friend. I just hung up the phone with her and told her I love her. So she used to call me Tit. People used to call me Titty Baby, all this. So when it became time to do this rap thing, you know, I didn't have it all the way together. I didn't have like a name together. I didn't, you know, and I wanted to be, try to be as real as possible. So I couldn't come up with like MC, you know, such and such or anything like that. And then, you know, over time, as I learned the game, you, you this 2 change thing kind of fell in my lap. You could have did like a little something. Everybody uh -huh. was like, there's a lot of littles, like, you know, you know, going into that era, yeah, well, you know, I'm six five though, academic. How I'm gonna be little anything? I can't be little nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be little nothing, man. So I don't know, man. That was part of the problem, just trying to figure out the name, man. And so, you know, I can honestly say at the time I felt like I was ready, but I just wasn't ready. But I knew I had the it factor. I could change the climate of a room. I could walk in a room, people look at me, what I got on head to toe. You know what I'm saying? And I just knew that me. My confidence got me so far, man. I was just, I was just, I'm just a naturally confident um, person. And um, the name change just was something that God gave me. I said Titty Two Chains in the song, but Titty Two Necklace, I'm not sure. And it just started to stick, man. You know what I mean? It just started to hang on with me. And it felt like, um, like this was the name. So when I was in my mixtape circuit, and even the DJs were saying, you know, Titty Boy, like, you know, bigger ranking and drama and all those guys. I was saying two chains on the tape just to spread the name. And once I started doing those drops, like producers would do at the beginning of the song, you know, you would know, you know, you would know that this is, you know, Metro on the beat. You would know that this is, you know, you know, Papito, Wheezy, whoever it is, you know these people on the beat. I started doing my two chains before I before I came on songs and just started really like having a lot of highlights, you know what I mean? A lot of sports and the highlights, man. Just dunking on competition, you know what I'm saying? Every chance I get, get on the song and make it mine. And I still do that. Nah, that's dope. And by the way, I, I, now I think about it, like, like I vividly remember, like, every time you're about to come on, you kind of like, two chains. Like, and I'm not thinking about, like, a drop. I'm thinking about, like, maybe that's just your way to get into the, to the rap. But, shit, if we're thinking about it, like, producer – like tags, that's the best way to brand yourself after you just change your name, right? That, that's some dope shit. Yeah, that's brand. That was that's that's branding, you know, one on one. 
so we get to uh we get to 2011 it's november right you drop uh true religion and what was your thoughts going into releasing that project you know obviously there was some time in between the last time that on a mainstream level you, like your name was really just buzzing all across you know what i mean on a main like you know not just like in atlanta or, or anything else just like Everybody else talking about you has been a while. What were you thinking going into that? And what did you expect? Well, I expected nothing but great things from True Religion. I was, you know, hot as fish grease. I was having labels called left and right. I was having artists called left and right. Um, I wasn't actually living in the moment. I was living ahead of the moment. So I was always looking for what's next. But, you know, I remember now that I look back, you know, I would get, a, it'll be a new artist calling me every day and wanting to work with me or do a feature. Or, you know, it'll be somebody, you know, my, my literally my calendar will just be on Fridays and then it'll be Fridays and Saturdays and then it'll be Friday, Saturdays and Sundays. And then I started getting booked on Thursday, Thursday Thursdays and wacky Wednesdays. And, you know, before I knew it, I would be booked six or seven days a week. Yeah, you know, I'm just booked. To, you know, $2 Tuesdays, well, they just booking me everywhere. You know what I'm saying? My schedule, I'm just booked. And when I put out True Religion, I see, I do that, Um, I do the mixtape cover in Lennox Mall. I had this idea of just checking my phone when I got off the plane with, you know, you know, my high-end luggage and my, my True Religion denim. And I actually went to the bathroom in Lennox and took a quick picture. And, and that became an iconic video where you see you know, logos standing out. And when you see, I mean, you just see, you know, you see when people, that little thing, when they say, you want to know where the bottom at? That's like, I feel like that was some of my bottom right there. But, man, you know, I never forget that time, man. It was just like, you know, my mixtape, you know, when was on Billboard, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it just set up a lot of things moving forward. You know, a lot of good relationships that I still have. Yo, James, you know how I know, like, and by the way, you know, and, and you know, for everybody listening, you know, we're definitely, we're celebrating two chains. We got, we won't talk about this new project. I got a lot of questions about that, but like, we really got to celebrate, you know, it's a 10 year anniversary of, you know, the release of True Religion. And yo, you know how people don't realize how long 10 years is in like rap time, right? Like I'm looking up shit on True Religion, this and third. And one of the accolades is this, which like for a lot of people who just got into music, like a couple years ago, they won't even understand it. They're like, it got a million downloads on that piff. Like, hella quick. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For real. For real. Yeah. We're, we're, in, we're in the time yeah. of prestige right now, but like, shit, you know, this is a mixtape. What did like those sites, whether it was that piff, whether it's live mixtapes or whatever, what did it mean for like, you know, like, helping this tape kind of like spread. Well, you know, at this particular time, you know, we helping each other, you know, the, my mixtapes, the Dap Pips, even the world stars, you know what I'm saying? We, we, you know, we covering each other. They looking out for me, you know, we looking out for them. So, you know, back then, I think everybody was just trying to cement themselves in the game to be around. You know, and some of these people still are around from, you know, 10 years ago. And and you're right, man. You know, rap is like dog years. Like every year could, feels like it's not seven years, but maybe let's say three. You know what I'm saying? And so That's a fact. when you are around a decade and you still and you still get, you know, booked by the NFL or you still get booked by Vegas to do residencies or you still get shows overseas or you still uh, granted opportunities to partner up with big corporations and brands when you still got um, people wanting to hear what the hell you're going to say or what the fuck you're going to say next. You know what I'm saying? That's just a blessing. You know what I'm saying? And it don't touch everybody. I got to acknowledge the fact that it touched me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so really bring us back to that time though. Right. So you got, um, I think riot was going crazy, right? Riot's going crazy from that tape at that time. Right. I think that was that that was the joint I remember because mm. I'm, I'm in college at this point, two chains. I'm I'm playing your records, okay? I know they say I never DJ, but that time I'm in college, I got a DJ. You feel me? I'm playing your records. <laughs> Why it's going crazy? Like, what was the energy? And you know, a lot of times when we see a new artist, the first question I usually have is, what energy is he bringing to the people that they haven't seen before? 
or that's attracting them to that person's music? What do you think it was? My confidence, man. You know what I'm saying? That's what you can see through. You can see that confidence, man. You know, tall. You know what I'm saying? Black. You know what I'm saying? I know who I am. I know where I came from. You know what I'm saying? I have a clear picture of my goals and what I want to accomplish. Man, people see that shit and it's admirable, whether you can admit it or want to admit it or not. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that's the kind of business I originally stood on. You know what I'm saying? Just being somebody that was unforgivingly me, you know what I'm saying? Like not no other characteristic, my characteristic that I share with other artists from Atlanta is that we're from Atlanta, but it is very important that I be me to the fullest, you know? No, you're right. And I'll, I'll tell you one thing about your music. And especially at that time, I realized like, man, you see, as someone who, you know, again, I'm doing these, I'm on a college campus. I'm doing these like, parties for like you know kids who trying to have fun already if you trying to get the girls to turn up you got to throw that two chains on like you don't get the chicks twerking you know what i mean there's a lot of you know you play you play some niggas music and it's like everybody's like you know it's like everybody look tough everybody whatever whatever you play you throw some two chains on everybody twerking everybody having fun everybody participating i think you know I think it was a great refresher of the energy. And I think we need that every couple, couple of years when sometimes the music go, like a lot of music go in the direction of too serious. Somebody got to bring it back to, yo, no, we party. And that's just always been hip hop culture. I felt like you came in at the right time because even, even after True Religion, like you, you, you drop, you drop based on a true story less than a year after that. And like, come on, like if you ask, if you ask anybody like shit, birthday song and and, and and a couple of the joints you had on there, those are pretty much like damn near like just cultural classics. You you remember a time of you if you were outside or you were partying, you remember a time when those songs were affecting the clubs or like the environment. What do you think about that? It's just moments that were created, man, with songs like I'm different. There are times this birthday song that somebody plays birthday song every day. Somebody plays I'm different every day. These are songs that actually spoke to uh, emotions, you know what I'm saying? And spoke to, you know what I mean? You being confident. I mean, I love them strippers, although we all love them. This was a time where, you know what I mean? Atlanta was like, it was still a lot of capital, but I mean, you got songs, you know, on now, man, we're not even talking about like, you know, no lie and stuff like this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, so, um, you know, it's important that we, you know, we create these moments and for me to be able to try to create at least one or two of them every, every album cycle, you know, still, it still means a lot to me. Hey. And, and as you name these songs and like even like yo i love them strippers right like i remember listening to the, your music at that time and i'm like i feel like you're bringing the entire united states into atlanta strip club nightlife culture how influential was that for you Absolutely. to you know, kind of take advantage of that scene and then you know you putting that on a mainstream stage how important was that in like your progression Well, for me, you know, like I said, music has a lot of different meanings. You know, at the end of the day, it's, it's a blessing and it's fun, right? We 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 don't supposed to be, you know, dying and going to jail. Like we supposed to be eating and putting other people on and getting some millions. And so, you know, I recognize that early, and and I recognize the center of where music was the fun place for people. It wasn't about like, you know, dying and going to jail and all that. And that would be the strip club. Strip club would be the place where they play songs and it would be gangsters in there. And it would be, you know, lanes in there and it'd be entrepreneurs in there and it'd be, you know, business owners and strip. But like, this was the melting pot. This was the gumbo. And these songs made the world go around. And so once I realized that the dancers were the ARs. I started paying more attention to BPMs. I started paying more attention to, you know, production and and just man, I started just really getting deep into studying the you know the game. What made these 
you know, you got to think these girls are requesting these songs. Of course, the DJ plays songs, but when the girl want to get some money, she got these favorite records that she liked that gets her, you know, all these tips. And so I took that into uh, consideration when I, you know, made a lot of my records. Nah, that's dope. Hey, I, I, I categorize like really from, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 2010. And, and and I want your feedback on this. I'm gonna say 2010 to 2014. I feel like you were on. I think I think that that was such a ridiculous run for you in terms of just everything you would everything you were touching was just like you had the Midas touch during that, right? Um, I'm wondering how did it feel to be on that run then, and then also when people now talk about and by the way, there's been so many great artists from Atlanta, right? Do you feel like sometimes you get left out in when they're given their, you know, accolades and credit? A lot of of times I do. I feel like I may be an underdog or not mentioned maybe because, you know, I move a little different than maybe other people. But, you know, I think I, I fill in, you know, what it is to be, you know, a, a great artist, you know, as far as longevity, as far as, you know, lyrical ability, um, song making skills, you know what I'm saying? I just, I just, I feel in the box. And sometimes, you know, I get, I, I will get frustrated about people not, you know what I'm saying, respecting my pimping. But at the end of the day, man, I, don't, I have to really think about the people that do and be, um, and, and just and just and just be appreciative of that, you know what I'm saying? I feel like honestly, man, I'm still in a place where I might can get a new fan still to this day, get a fan that never listened to none of my shit before, and be like, I fuck with bro, you know what I'm saying? And, and so I still feel like I got the ability and the capability to to actually get a new fan a day if I, you know, what I mean, just because of who I am as a person, my transparency. And when people sit down and all the smoke clears, you see what type of individual I am. And shit, you got to fuck with that. Yeah, I feel like you've never led with ego. Like, and a lot of people sometimes they lead with ego, but also you never led with demanding, like, hey, y'all got to respect me or y'all got to put me here. It's like, you know, you put the work in and you kind of let everybody speak for themselves. And even if, you know, maybe you, you do have a great argument for people leaving you out of the conversation, you're not kicking and screaming. I think you take probably the most, humblest approach and like i'm gonna i'm gonna just do more work i do want to i do think you're, you're slept on when it comes to your pen though i do want to ask you this question on big amount do you th- do you think you got drake on because i think people was hyped on drake verse but i don't lie you went crazy on that shit big amount who do you, i know drake's your man <laughs> no yeah drake my drake my man man drake my man yeezy my man i just all the big boys, big time, I show up for that. So this is this is a quick take, right quick. So you know I have an athletic background, like basketball, right? Yeah. And so for a long time, I would play according to, comp- uh, according to competition. And that's not good. I'm telling people, whoever listens, don't do that. Always be at your highest level. That's what LeBron would do, Kobe would do. They would always, they don't give a fuck. They would expose you. But for me, if I played against somebody that, I don't know, just did not bring the fight out of me, I wouldn't play as hard. I'd be a little lackadaisical. So I fuck around and picked up that habit in the music game. You know what I'm saying? I get on the song with Drake, I'm going crazy, yay, but I get on the song like a little pop star that won't like a little eight. I was like, I don't think she can take this kind of pressure. So I might like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I changed that mentality maybe, maybe about two, three years ago. Honestly, I just changed that. But you know, I think that's what got motherfuckers confused because I get on Mercy, I get on no big amount with Drake. Every song that I think that I've done with Drake, I think that I've shined really bright. Keep it real, me. You do think you had the best verse on, on, on Mercy, and you throw you out rap Drake. You know you did. Come on, at least on big amount. Yeah. No. On, no. Listen. No. On everything. That I ever everything that I do with them. I I I let me tell you something. I can't out melody nobody. I can't 
do a lot of that stuff, but on some of those stuff where it just involves just straight rap, like take out everything else, yeah, I believe like I stood up and did, hell yeah. And they know it, you know what I'm saying? This is not like, this is, it's always a friendly competition when you come to that. That's what makes the song so dope. Like each one of us, when you have voices on a song, in my mind, they're like instruments, right? So you combine these instruments and some of them sound terrible and some of them sound awesome. And, and you know, Drake is somebody that, man, every time I done got in the ring with him, man, I done got, I done brought home a, a plaque, you know what I'm saying? And that's, that's, that's the end goal, man. You know what I'm saying? That's that finish line. But, you know, just like, man, in the gym, man, you got to try to go hard. Man, you know who the, we know who the top five, like, artists who pin crazy. We know, we know Kendrick and J. Cole. We know, well, at least who, like, people just super duper respect. When You know what I'm saying? Like, highest, like, Drake, you know what I'm saying? Hove, these people are so high on the list that, Hell, you mean pusher like all these niggas? I be wanting to do it. Hell yeah, I be wanting to rap with these niggas on the spot. Jack, load it up. Hey, 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 the Collie Grove album. Uh, you and Wayne. How if if I'm taking your mindset, how you're saying that you play up to the competition? If you, you know. If you and Wayne going at it on songs or like, I mean, not every song I was going at it, but, but like y'all doing a project together, you know how people think of where the, the caliber and level Wayne is at. How do you approach that? Like, how do you even go into, do you take longer with your verses? Are you doing it over? What do you like? What's the two change process with that? I've done, I've done verses over and respectively he has too. Um, but Wayne is, I'm sure everybody knows he's a juggernaut. He's a superhero. It's an honor to be even, we put out Collie Grove 2 this year, which sounds like you fucking listening to the shit in a spaceship. It's, it literally sounds like some, some, like we're in a metaverse somewhere. So, but, but the level of, I mean, he just, it, with any of these guys, it's going to make you step your, it's going to make you step your game up. You know what I'm saying? You know the abstract way of thinking. You know how articulate these guys are. The guys we talk about, these guys are, man, these guys are articulate. They, they, whether they stayed in school or dropped out, they still educated. They know what the fuck they doing. You know what I'm saying? So working with somebody like Wayne on a project is like, man, I know I always got to hold up my end of the bargain. I know he enjoys creativity. So doing something that's been done before is really not acceptable. It's always trying to think of something, you know, and, and kind of not worrying about what people think about it, you know what I'm saying? Being unforgiving with just being creative, you know what I'm saying? Fucking with Wayne, you know what I'm saying? Just knowing like, you know what I'm saying? Whatever we do, rap ain't got no rules, you know what I'm saying? I, I can tell this one story a long time ago, I was on his, um, I was on tour with him, man. When I first met Drake, Nicky, I was like, oh, eight, I'm on tour. And, uh, you know, like, dude, would, I picked up a lot of my habits from dude. Dude would come off stage, you know what I'm saying? Eat, shower, whatever. Then he'll rap the whole night, you know what I'm saying? I'd be asleep, I'd wake up. You know what I'm saying? Dude will still be rapping 10 in the morning. After the such show? And such. After the show. After the show, that's what he did. No, after the party, he rapped all night. You know what I'm saying? And at this time, I had a studio back in Atlanta, but I was jugging, making plays. I really wasn't rapping every night. But I'm like, damn, this is what you got to do, you know what I'm saying, to do this. So, you know, I'm on tour with him, man. You know, the nigga know I rap, but, you know, if anybody been in the studio with Wayne, he don't care who in that bitch. He going to get some work done. He ain't really can if, if you going to rap or not. He really kind of don't even want you to because he you know what i mean so i sit on the bus by the i start i start i start not sleeping stay on the bus just watching you know what i'm saying work fuck with him watching espn so shit finally i say damn you know said damn bitch you know i rap too nigga like shit tip nigga say go on in now right nigga say go on in now this the booth on the bus right i go in that bitch i do like a 12 academic right i do like a 12 listen to me Cause yeah. the beat had kind of changed. In my mind, it was like a hook will finna come in, right? We're supposed to like that's what a hook was supposed to be. Like was about man, to be a bridge. Shorty get in that motherfucker. <laughs> listen, after listen, man. Shorty get on that motherfucker behind me. No bullshit, man. The man rap 40 bars, man. The man rap 40 bars. I rap like 20, he rap 40 bars. So I say, damn, Shorty. I said, damn, man, I thought, 
I had stopped rapping. Got man, I say something about like when the like the hook sound. You know what I'm saying? And he say, man, no motherfucking hook sound. You know what I'm saying? So I say, okay, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody know if you rap longer than there, somebody and you snapping, you just automatically win that battle. Ain't no way you can win. And from that point on, I learned to work with Shorty a little differently. Damn. Yo, every time I hear like, you know, uh, just like stories about Wayne's work ethic, number one, like, Imagine like after coming off a of stage, you know about performing, right? If you just did like an hour set, like your voice raspy, like you're tired, you want to kind of just mm. kick it, you kind of want to prep yourself for the next day of traveling, like maybe your next show. If he's rapping all night and then he's not even doing 16s, he's doing 40s, like you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> wait, what did you do with your 12? Uh, <laughs> what'd you do with your 12? Bar? Man, I was so. At, at this point, I'm like, my verse should just maybe be a hook or something. I just felt so played. It was a joke, but it was it was a learning experience for fucking little, you know, one of the greatest to ever do it. It was a, it was a, it was a it was a good learning experience. Hey, so so is Cosport is it coming out for real like this year or think this year? Also, by the way, when no, yeah, we, go ahead, go ahead. I'm let you answer. I'll answer it once you ask something. Oh, no, no, yeah, because when, when the first one came out, like, you know, obviously he has some, you know, situations. So I believe the way how that project came out, it came out as like pretty much your project and he was just featured on every song. It wasn't like a collaborative. It was meant to be collaborative, you know, but, you know, I, there was some stuff going on. I'm wondering now, I think everybody's in a better place. I think well, you know, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, to answer that, yeah, the first album, I think, out of 12 or 13 or 14, he was on eight songs. That was like a cap he could be on. And he was in a, some kind of situation that I'm sure we all know about. And it was um, a way, you know, for me to honestly work with, you know, my favorite rapper and also try to create um, opportunities based off the release. You know what I'm saying? This one is um, definitely coming out this year. We're actually in the process of mixing it already. And he's on every single song, and it and and we were in the studio together. I think the last time we were in the studio together, maybe twice. This time we've been in the studio together multiple times working on this project, whether going back in together after we've done something or whatever. So, so I feel, I just feel, man, I feel super um, excited about this fucking project because it don't sound like nothing I never heard before and doing something like that with somebody like Wayne is so it's welcoming it's warm it's gonna be accepted nah nah yo I, I honestly can't wait for that you know I, I think you know, the great thing about Wayne by the way Wayne's been having like just one of the best he's been having a run recently too like I think the, his feature run in the last two years has been ridiculous disgusting you know what I mean so he's back in the game and back in the ring like you know sparring with anybody new and old Um, I do want to talk about you know some of the, the new music you've been putting out though, because, and actually before I get to that, before I get to that, I got an Atlanta question. I do wanna ask you. Um, I, I would love to hear because we've been talking and you know, even salute to Rap Caviar, uh, they dropped like the Mount Rushmore from like the 2010s and they did it for the entire hip hop. But I'm wondering if you were supposed to do, like say that like for, from 2010 to 2020, what do you think the Mount Rushmore would be for Atlanta? Because I believe that was the period where Atlanta put a, a chokehold on the game. And I don't think it's going <laughs> to go back anytime soon. So like from 2010 to 2020, who's on two chains, Atlanta, Mount Rushmore. He's thinking, y'all. He's thinking, relax. <laughs> I mean, excluding my... No, because I, I would... You know, it's, you know, I obviously want to add myself. No, you can add yourself. But, I, 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 think, I think you should. Yeah. I think you should be at it. I'm just wondering yeah. who you think is your peers that should be up there with you in terms of waving that flag for Atlanta for that, for that decade. I think... Uh, Man, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna, let me let me let me let me let me let me take me out of. 
let me take me out of it. Let me give Tip his flowers. Let me give Jeezy his flowers. Let me give Gucci his flowers. And let me give Future his flowers um, from 2010 to now because of, you know, I wish we could put, you know, I would be the other one, but just looking back, like, I just felt like it was a situation where we all, and I'm going to put me back in it, but we just was kind of passing the torch to each other. It was like the local Olympics where we just, we kept the ball, you know what I'm saying? We held the ball the whole clock, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I think the reason I say tip, I think he, he, he was out before us and then maybe Gucci or Jeezy, one of them. And then, you know what I'm saying? Those runs was crazy. And then me and Future around the same time. And, you know, those runs are crazy and still are crazy. So, yeah, like if I was supposed to give that list, right? So I, I would do G, I would do GZTI, GZTI Gucci, um, but I'm doing them from the 2000s to 2010. Like if it was 2010 to, to uh, oh. 2020 for me, I'm putting you on it, Future on it, I'm putting Migos on it. I gotta put them as one, and okay. um, and, and I might be missing, I, I might be missing somebody, or I'm maybe Thug, I, I might, I might be tripping, but 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 of course, you know, again, if we're talking all time, I think obviously you gotta put like, you gotta put like uh, Outcast on it, but like if we're going by decades, I think you know when, when you think about Ti man, Ti yeah. Ti just ran the two thousands, you know what I mean? Like, shit, I looked at him like the Southern Fifty Cent in a way, like every album was just like some. Some shit that was just like, especially when he got to King, like that shit was just. We were watching the South from up, from um up north. Like this is this is ridiculous, you know. It was like a preview of what was supposed to come. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think that would be my list if it was twenty ten to uh sure. 20, 2020. Um, what do you think about like you know, for example, like for I had a twenty one Savage on here and he spoke about like verses and he, and you know, he was just saying like, really, man, ain't no really, ain't nobody really messing with Atlanta. If it was like a city for city versus, um, I'm wondering what do you feel about the whole verses in general, but also if it was a situation where it was city versus city, do you think anybody could fuck with Atlanta? Nah, man, they 21 made a very valid point. Now we, like you said, we've been controlling the narrative for over a decade. We've been controlling the narrative. So I, I don't, you know, I love what Versus is doing. I love the opportunities that Swiss and Tumbling gave people, even after being on Versus with offering them ownership and stock. Um, but when you talk about a city like Atlanta, it's just, it's just too much pressure, too much going on, and too many new and refreshing talent popping up once a year, somebody new. That's being it's just that's impactful, not just like a chicken circuit, chitlin circuit type of person, someone that's impactful. You know what I mean? You got artists that been in the game a year or two already getting booked for Coachella. That's the type of impact I'm talking about. Would you would you do it in the verses? Um and, and who would you do it against? Man, I probably need your help with that. I, I'm not sure, but I would definitely do another. You know, my first one was with Ross. I originally had, I had asked Meek to do it. I had Swiss to ask Meek, I think. And mm. then... Yo, 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 here, here I don't remember thing. how it happened, but anyway. I, I was um, going to like, so here's the thing about, like, with different regions, right? Like, I'm pretty sure on the East Coast, like, a lot of people are like, man, man, Meek might eat you up. But then, I, but... I'm pretty sure, like on on, on a on, on a down south level, it's like, yo, nah, it's not even fair. Like, yo, two chains is gonna body him. So, like, how could versus when you have people from different regions kind of like all make sense? Because you know, obviously, you know, like we even had that conversation um, not too long ago about where Jay Z's like, no one can stand on stage with him, right? And some some people said, well, if the if the verses went out in Atlanta, Future could could keep up. Certain people were like, what are y'all talking about? But uh, I seen a lot of people from Atlanta said. It, it does matter where it's happening. It does matter about the regions. So, like, I'm trying to think how you and Meek would even, like, play um, like play out. 
No, so no, he definitely has record. I think I was looking at it more like as the type of music. You know what I'm saying? The type of music, some you know, energetic club. You know, tra trappy. You know what I'm saying? I was kind of trying to look, and and I was looking at the era. We kind of, you know, what I'm saying was getting our feet. There was, a, you know, around the same time. So I, I was. That's why I said I need your help. I'm just trying to think of somebody because sometimes the errors be so thrown off. Because even when I did Ross, which I played 20 plays back to back, he had been in the game since shit, the white BMW. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But I'm still like looking forward to doing it. And the whole, like, I remember at this time, people were, some people were performing and then some people weren't, you know what I'm saying? It was kind of like, people were really just trying to get their foot in with verses, like keep it humble. Like it wasn't, especially with, with, with Big Home, it wasn't like, you know, everything was out of love and respect. You know what I'm saying? Man, uh, Ross has had a great report for a long time. So it was all about smoke gas. You know, I had strippers. He had the girl, you know, do a massage. So it was really like the probably most respectful verses. But, you know, I think I would love to do one where it could get, if you, you could talk a little crazy and pop your shit. You know what I'm saying? I just really don't know. You know what I'm saying? I just really, really don't know based on, you know, my first solo album coming out, you know, July of 2012. I mean, August of 2012. Hey, hey, you, listen. You know, based on I'm, that. I'm going to throw that question to, um, I'm going to throw it to the public because I'm trying to think off the top of my head. And now that you, like, presented like that is like, damn. Who, who fits, like, that type of criteria? Who could be a good match for you? Because obviously we're not going to put nobody against you where, you going 20 or like, it's just not going to be competitive. But I think the way and the trajectory of how your career went, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's hard. It's hard. Hmm. All right. You know, we'll come back to that. By the way, you know, I, I, we'll put it out to the people. Yeah. If, if two changes supposed to do another versus who do y'all think will be a suitable candidate? All right. It got to be some, someone let's try to keep it in the same era. And keep it within the same type of music, okay? Like again, you know the type of music he makes. Somebody who makes comparable type of music. Who do you think could be a good matchup? Again, it's all for it's it's all in good fun, but it's like we want to see something that could be competitive. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised no name comes to the top of my head. Hey, why did you tweet out? Um, you tweet out that your upcoming album is your last trap album. Why? You didn't say your last album. You say your last trap album. Explain that to me. Why? Yeah. What I'm telling people is this will be the last place that they will see all of this in one space. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to continue making trap music. I'm going to continue making trap music. I'm going to continue. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this project right here is like, you know, just to start talking about the project. This project here is me with, you know, some of the newest collaborations of some of the not even upcoming, the hottest artists that's out right now. So this this project is very trappy. It's very millennial. It's somewhat Gen Z based. You know, I got fucking Lil Baby, Moneybag, you know, Dirt, you know, Sway Lee. Um, fucking Jacquees, I got, you know, Young Boy, I got Stove God, I got Simple, I got like all these different, I like to call them instruments, these different voices that I haven't worked with before. So this is definitely like, I wanted to leave off on a high note. This shit is hard. The project I'm dropping, Don't Don't Sell, said it's hard as fuck, but I don't have to keep, you know what I'm saying? turning that wheel i do have lyrical ability and i'm about you know i have projects where people digging in crates and just giving me that soulful sound i'm actually trying to create something new man where it has soul and where it has trap in it too and where it has something in it i've been doing this so long man i just need that challenge and i'm not about to come back you know with a whole song with me singing or no shit like that but i'm about to spread my wings and you know, like I'm, I'm really blessed to the point where, you know, what I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Not just financially, like I'm just comfortable, man. I'm just 
I'm super happy, man. I'm super just blessed, man. So this project, this is my last trap album with all of it in one plate. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna mix up the dishes this next, the next few projects. Kali Grove coming next. You, you know, I can't do no straight trap album with tune. Well, that's where it's that's where it starts. And then just we're gonna keep going from there. Why challenge yourself, right? Because it, it seems like you're trying to find something with a little bit more substance. You're trying to also uh, exhibit and showcase your lyrical ability, something that people slept on a lot. And, you know, you've been really successful at making trap music. Why why challenge yourself now, especially, yeah, you got all the money, you rich, you, you successful and comfortable. But usually at this part, people, they just kind of like, hey, well, you know what you get when you come, you, you come check me out. Why challenge yourself? Because you don't know what you get when you come check me out. My beats is better. Like, listen, man, sonically, man, the production on here don't sound like nothing else. I'm always, I'm challenging myself. That's what people need to know. Any two chains fan, you got to know that I'm not saying the first thing come to my mind. I'm challenging those thoughts. I'm putting the extra mile in. I'm putting the extra time in. So you don't know what you're going to get. Can't nobody tell me when they hear this damn album, I knew it was going to sound like that. That'd be a motherfucking lie. There ain't no way you knowing that. So you got to know every time that this album going to be significantly different from the last, but it's going to be conceptual. It's going to be idealistic. It's going to be something that another artist could probably snack off of and build and make something of their own. I'm just putting it in there. I'm putting that out there. I'm having those kind of, you know what I'm saying, awakening ideas. And it's just like from a person that looked just like you, from come from the mud just like you. But I'm thinking, I'm overachieving, I'm, I'm exceeding expectations. And that's what I'm known for. I've been that guy. I've been that person that has been doubted and used that as fuel to exceed, man, everything. And that's just where I am right now in life, too. Ain't nothing I'm doing been done before, ever. I mean, you got people still trying to use me. Man, 2 chains started late. You can't use me, man. You can't use me. I don't eat beef. I don't eat pork. I don't eat fried food. I work out three times a week. I drink water. I do different shit. I, 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 I got a garden, nigga. I got a fucking family I care. I love, nigga. I, I, I balance that. You know what I'm saying? I have investments. I got, man, businesses, restaurants. I'm just not like you. So people can't compare me to them or their situation. I'm a unique person. God really took his time. That's really what I can say. Really just, you know what I'm saying? It took some extra time on me. So, you know, everything I do, man, it just, it find a way to shine. Man, I'm optimistic about every airline, any airline I ever took, or whatever, man, I'm optimistic. I find something in that air. I look in it. I find something in it. And shit, it been hey. working for me. I broke my leg. I could then I broke my leg. You know, I broke my leg, went on tour in a wheelchair, made 11 million, man. Ain't nobody doing that. I thought of that shit after a morphine, after a morphine dream. I'm morphine myself to sleep. I don't have a morphine dream. Man, the whole album pink. Man, this pink, maybe if I had a pink, let me tell you something. It wouldn't work if I didn't have a whole pink rollout. If it was just a wheelchair, it wouldn't work. But how God have my life set up, bro. All I needed was a pink wheelchair to go out there and do a whole show with one leg sitting down, bro, and fuck them folks up. That's what I mean by optimism. You know what I'm saying? I just, I'm just ain't like nobody else or nothing. 11 million in the wheelchair? Oh, no way. <laughs> That's never been done before. You feel me? <laughs> no, it hasn't. <laughs> hey, 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 listen, yo, yo, Chase, explain this to me because I'm a square, okay? And I, I've, I've always just heard they, they they usually say, like, you know, there's a few things that sell themselves. And they usually say when it comes to drugs, th that sell itself. But you got your album titled Don't Don't Sell Itself. What the hell is the meaning of that? You you give me cross messages now, man. All right. So if you if you substitute dope for idea, right? Which we all have. And somebody's listening right now, probably. You got an idea. That you just okay, you got dope in your trunk. You just riding around with dope in your trunk. I understand when they first buy your dope, and then you got a location where they can come and buy good dope, and it's been tested, and they know. Then maybe it it maybe it does sell itself. But at the end of the day, in order for somebody to find out that you got something, 
you got to market it. You got to tell somebody about it. You got to get your ass off the sofa. You got to get your ass out the bed. So when I say dope, don't sell yourself, I'm really meaning me. I'm dope. And I'm also trying to tell the person, the consumers, that the dope is the ideal. My nigga, the, I got, man, friends that have, man, I have one friend that he's literally had every idea in the world, but none of them has came to fruition because he hasn't tried to put them into fruition. They just dope. It's just dope. That's it. So yeah. you know, this project right here is, is me. And, and you can see with how much time and energy I'm putting into, you know, my rollout that I got some good dope, a good product, but I'm making sure that you try it. I'm making sure that you at least test it. And from then on, I might not have to do, I won't have to do this interview with you after 2-4, cause the dope would be out. Yeah. Right now it's my job to let people know I have a good product coming. After 2-4, we won't be on this thing 2-10 talking about blah, 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 trying to sell the dope gonna be, it's gonna be tested already. So that's right. that's really what it is. And it's, and it's also, you know, coming from the background I came from, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hereditary drug dealer. My daddy did it. My grandmama sold bootleg liquor. This shit literally could possibly, if we research, could be some DNA shit with me genetically. I've always been a hustler and has always been accepted in the eyes of my family and friends. So I don't know nothing there. It's just another level. Of course, I'm not having to sell anything, but this music and it's just it's just fun. This shit supposed to be fun, academic. We're supposed to be this shit supposed to be fun, bro. This shit supposed to be like, man, this shit supposed to be entertaining. This shit supposed to be like make you feel like you ain't never felt before. Music ain't supposed to be stressful, not once you get in this game. So I refuse to let it stress me out. This this album is a this the best way I'm gonna describe this album is an antidepressant. You want to be, a, this, is what, this is what you take. You want to take this dope, don't sell yourself. You fucking ain't feeling good. You're going through some blah, 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 blah. That's what this album for. If you want to be sad, emotional and all that, it's fine. But this ain't the project for that. And that's why we got multiple artists and music dropping every Friday. You can go get it from somewhere else. You want an antidepressant, you feeling like shit, and somebody fucking your spot, whatever, whatever, put that tone on, that new shit. You're going to fuck with it. Tell him, James. Yo, hey, hey, yo, I gotta ask you this question too. And by the way, you know, uh, um, you know, two four clearly, you know, I like how you explain it. This is it's the marketing for for good shit. You know, what I mean, you gotta let people know about it. You gotta let them test it, and then when they test it, it'll sell itself. But before then, they gotta know about it. Hey, I do want to know because you've always coined yourself as an honorary member of good music, right? And I'm, I'm wondering, number one, have you locked in back with Kanye? Kanye is out out and about. Right. And and pretty much like, you know, we've kind of seen like good music kind of going a little bit different places. Like, you know, what's your thoughts on just like the whole thing when it comes to like good music or even how Kanye been like moving around these days? Yeah, you know, man, I think Kanye is an adult. <laughs> That's my answer. <laughs> <He's an adult. laughs> no, I think I. I think he's an adult, man. You know, I don't have much to, much to say about, you know, other people's situations. They end up being clickbait. I've been, you know, blessed and fortunate enough to do so much of these interviews that I wouldn't want to be on the phone with you, you no know, 30 minutes and no hour and somebody say two chain sets, some kind of just to listen to my interview. So, you know, at the end of the day, he's my brother still. Ain't never going to change. Any music with him coming soon, though? No, I hadn't worked with him since I worked on some stuff for the first Donda project. But some of that stuff that I worked on, I actually want for me. <laughs> they didn't make the album, so we'll see. Could you could you retroactively get that back? Be like, yo, yo, big bro, like you ain't use that, you don't, you ain't use that music. Could I could I get this shit to slide for my joint? Uh, yeah, we'll see. And I hadn't, I hadn't even, you know, you just made me think about it. You know, just made me think about a couple of joints I had. So we'll see. Hey, and change. You know, <laughs> pretty much we got like a hard out in, in a minute here or so. But uh, I don't know if you remember when you came to Everyday Struggle, 
Okay, this is one thing I always remember. I'm like, change never really delivered. When change came to everyday struggle, we were sitting there, you know what I mean? And, you know, change is all dripped out. And then I, I think it was on camera, but he starts going over my drip and he said, yo, act, I'm going to get you together. I'm going to get the shit right with you. You feel me? And you've been somebody who's been notorious for, you know what I mean? You drip your gear. How come you never, <laughs> how come you never follow through? Change, what's up, brother? <laughs> You left me out here lost. Okay. I'm going to tell you one thing. The hat, let me tell you one thing. The hat can stay. I love this hat you have on. By the way, this, this you know is what I'm saying? I think we go black hoodie. I think we black go hoodie. black hoodie. It, it does, I'm not mad. I just think you should go black hoodie with this look. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And you know what I'm saying? And, you know, Get you some nice black pair of pants that you can, you know, wear more than once. You know what I'm saying? Some good ones. Get, you know, the, your favorite pair, whatever. That's that's Today looks like one of those days where you go black hoodie with your favorite pair of blacks. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not sure what kind of sneaker person you are. I'm sure. It ain't hard to really just... And also, am I, am I rocking extra skinny jeans? Am I giving some room to breathe? What are we doing? Nah, I think you should give your jeans room to breathe, brother. I honestly think you should do that. Give your jeans some room to breathe. Yeah, we 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 starting to we starting to slowly, slowly, slowly get out of the skinny, skinny, skinny era anyway. So make sure you make sure you stay up on on your shit, man. It looks like everything's coming back around. Yo, Chains, listen, man, I'm so happy you got on here to, you know, have this conversation. Yeah. We're, we're excited about your music. I do want to give you the last minute we have here to, you know, kind of um, plug and talk about anything you got coming up. By the way, I, I really wanted to even get into some of your business ventures because a lot of times when you pop up on my radar uh, uh, these days, like sometimes I'm seeing you doing some business shit. I'm like, Yo, what Chains know about that? But it looked like, looked like you got your hand in a lot of different things when it comes to Business-wise, you always helping out people. And we've seen that from, like, way back in the day. You know, I mean, I'm, I remember the videos of you, you know, helping out, paying people's rent, putting people in in homes and helping them, to, especially mm -hmm. when it was cold and shit like that. I was like, yo, damn, this is a very philanthropic guy right here. Um, I just want to open the floor for you to kind of mention anything that wasn't mentioned by me um, to give you the runway. Yeah, I announced a partnership with Crystal today. Crystal, the restaurant chain. I'm the head creative, uh, you know, director of part of their marketing over there. So basically, Crystals will start looking different, and some of them will start tasting different. And uh, that'll be one of my, you know, newest projects that involves my ideas, right? My dope, right? And then, uh, you know, I'm. Uh, owner of a restaurant chain called Escobar um, here in Atlanta. And I have three going on four. I have Escobar off Peter Street. Then I have Esco, Esco Seafood, which is in a very high traffic area off Edgewood. We only serve, you know, seafood, the best seafood in town. I have Esco South and I'm opening up Esco Pizza, which would be a late night spot where we can hang out, kick it, and, you know, have some hookahs and drinks. Um, other than that, you know, Dope Don't Sell Itself drops two, four. Um, shout out to the College Park Skyhawks. They are a byproduct of the Atlanta Hawks, which is a team that I'm a minority owner of. Um, I'm not doing anything with any brands right now, so if y'all want to holler at me, it's a great time to holler at me. Uh, and alcohol and beverage, I'm about to get into that too. So if anybody want to um, make a profit by teaming up with me, uh, the floor is open. But you know, other than that, man, I'm I'm good, brother. I'm really good. I'm in a good spot. Make sure you check out that project, man. I'm still talking crazy. And um, and I'm still putting some game in there too. So no, of course. And by the way, uh, make sure y'all stream his uh his single with our 42 Doug million dollars worth of game. He definitely giving a lot of game on that joint too. So, you know, two chains, I'm so glad to have you. Thank you to Spotify and also Spotify Green Room for making this conversation possible. Uh, if you guys came in late. Um, and you're in the audience and you're wondering how you can listen to this again, you guys can go to the Off The Record show page. It will be archived there. Um, also, make sure you guys save the date. 2-4, you're going to get the next album by uh, 2 Chains, which is his last trap album. You know, he ain't stopped doing trap, as he said. 
just gonna mix it up. You know, he's he's challenging himself, which I think is dope. You know, so man, two chains. Thank you for coming on here. And by the way, for everybody in here, thank you guys for um showing up. We're gonna do this once a month and two chain shit. We'll talk again. You know what I mean? Matter of fact, hey, listen, me and you, you gotta be my image consultant, man. I'm I'm holding you to the fire, man. Uh, we'll get you straight, bro. I appreciate you, boy. <laughs> All right, two chains, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you guys for tuning in to uh, this conversation. It's been great. Um, the room will end in a second, but you guys will be able to get a full view or full of the conversation on the show page momentarily. All right. Thank you guys. Peace.